Welcome to Episode 4 of the Undoing Podcast. Tonight we're undoing science in the Bible, climate change, and we have a special guest, Marco Pera. Hey everybody, this is David with uh, Janelle. Hi. Alex. Hey. Brendan. Hello. And special guest... Marco Pera. Yeah, yeah, Marco. Uh, okay. Insert. I can, only, I can only see you through this little screen. So insert applause weird. track here. What's <laughs> 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 well, the sound one of one hand clapping? <laughs> you know, it's anyway. funny. I was actually talking to my friend about that. I was like, "Hey, my friend David can actually clap with one hand," and he didn't believe me. Oh my gosh! I wonder if I can do that. He's kind of like a freak in nature. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I, can't, I, I can't. I really don't know how. I try. It's, it, looks it's, like, it just looks like I'm just pumping. My it doesn't. Arm up and the down audio and doesn't do like justice. The audio doesn't do justice <laughs> to the, the marvel that is before it's you. It's actually pretty loud. Like it's kind of impressive. Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it with my left, but I can do it. I can kind of do it. But That's anyways. really disturbing. So lots of stuff has happened. What's happened? Um, well, Las Vegas happened. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Why are you What laughing? do we say? No, it's hard. It's hard because my heart breaks every time I see another mass shooting, um, any heinous act, really, my hearts go out to these people because their lives are forever altered now. I mean, they've lost loved ones. They've been injured. They've witnessed this terrible crime. And all we can do is just just pray for them. And also, I mean, it also brings to light the issue of mental health. Mm-hmm. And but he didn't have any history. Wasn't, as as far as we on, know, you I know, thought he was on medication. I don't know. I don't keep up with it because they said that he he was pretty he ice, he was pretty isolated and he um, he really didn't get along well with people. So there's some kind of mental issue, whether he was diagnosed or not. But there was definitely some kind of underlying issue. Yeah, the unfortunate yeah. thing is after something like this happens, it's like it's only speculation at that point, you know, mm-hmm. and it's there's not it, it, the only thing. People like there's a bunch of different things going around and we're talking about different ways that it can be prevented in the future. Um, unfortunately, you know, we've seen the way that goes over the last couple of years when these things kind kind of uh, these things kind of happen. And it's just uh, there, it's hard to make progress when there's a lot of um, there's just so many views and then there's a lot of emotion thrown into it right in the beginning of it. And it's hard to think about it, like think rationally about it. Critically, you know, so true. Yeah. I thought it was that was a tough week after for me. Yeah. Well, that was last week, right? So <laughs> feels like forever. There's so much going on. It's crazy. But I, I just I find myself really emotional. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I personally feel like it's really hard to it's hard to know how you're supposed to feel because there's like been, it doesn't mean there's there's been so many shootings and so many just like even natural disasters and like just devastation that it's kind of like um draining it's draining and you kind of become mm-hmm. numb to it a little bit yeah. and then knowing that you're becoming numb to it is even emotional because you're yeah. kind of like i shouldn't be feeling this way i shouldn't be feeling like this is oh another shooting you know yeah and the fact that you know we feel that way in the first place you know right. it's just am like holy like, cow am like, I, this is actually happening you know am i losing like, some empathy like mm-hmm. am i still being compassionate to people like it's it's hard. It, I don't know. There's just a lot of thoughts. Yeah, it was that you go through. It was surprising to me because well, for me because I, I don't know. I don't usually react. I don't get that emotional about these things just because of that. Because it's like oh, another shooting, and I, that's probably not great. But this one for some reason hit me. I don't know. Maybe just because of it was so horrible and the everything. Pretty, the magnitude. Yeah, yeah. and I did, I made the mistake to like watch a bunch of videos and the news and everything one day and that just completely depressed me so that probably didn't help i don't know that i've seen so much um so many things afterwards where people are like learning what to do like like it's like prep you know for if this happens what do you do when there's an active shooter and like how to oh there was one thing i saw on gma that was like how to make a tourniquet like in that kind of situation it's like mm. are they really teaching us wow. this now like i can't That's believe wild. that we have to know this well you know? when you yeah when you have uh we, we as human beings have just gotten better and better and better at 
killing each other mm-hmm. over the century over the centuries and it's just a matter of time you know it's just you have to be prepared it's just like it's it's literally like you know back in the day when um they would you know they would do duck and cover sessions mm-hmm. where it's just like when when the threat of you know nuclear holocaust was that was like thing. state against state yeah now yeah, it's yeah individuals it's individuals that... and it's just, it, it, you really don't know what to expect like i have to be honest and it's not to over uh to over dramatize it by any means but whenever like i'm sure other people feel this way too whenever i go and see like a really like high profile movie like whenever i see like like when i saw force awakens you know or when i saw um like uh, like all the really big blockbusters mm-hmm. that is something that's always in my head it's just like okay where is the closest exit yeah. where yes, is exactly. you know yeah. like because unfortunately we live in a world where we have to worry about that yeah. so mm-hmm. you know we have to it have sucks. an exit strategy when we go to the grocery store like, yeah it's, exactly yeah it's it's it, nuts well and i was <laughs> noticing at disney too uh we went to we took the boys to disney this past weekend and i was noticing that like when we're going through security and even going through parks and standing in lines like looking at people and not sizing them up but being like it could be anybody yeah like, it could be yeah just like anybody and so like it's it's and i i don't even know that i'm so scared when i'm out in public as i am just kind of like I just want to be prepared. Not yeah, like you're not like I'm on guard. yeah, like yeah. always on guard. Like right. always like seeing, you know, if somebody's getting upset about something or if there's yeah. a long line. Like we were we were on a ride for four hours, like waiting for this um this ride oh, and I'm like people are getting like really angry and like yeah. and it's a group somebody of gonna people, snap. Yeah. Right? And it's like yeah, absolutely it's actually funny that this is like this is brought up just yesterday actually. Uh this is actually not a joke. I actually posted on Facebook about it yesterday. Me and Peter were driving back from the gym and we're pretty, we're like 99.99% sure we heard and saw two gunshots coming out of a car mm-hmm. uh, while, like, during drive, like, while someone was driving. I was like, at first, oh I was like, God. wait, hold on. Because I looked at Peter, and um, Peter's my brother, by the way, for those of you who don't know, if I didn't already say that. And also your uh, dad. And my dad. My dad's <laughs> name is Peter as well, actually. <laughs> um, uh, we heard just really two, like, two consecutive really loud pops. And I'm like, my first instinct is like, okay, did it? tire blow or something like that i heard it on the left side uh going southbound and i looked over and i see smoke i'm like oh there's no there's no tires is they, they're still going and then me and my brother were like dude was that were those gunshots and we're, we're pretty sure those were gunshots so we call 911 and whatnot it's just like wow so people are that stupid it was probably it was probably either some kids being stupid or it was someone getting angry um over whatever road rage whatever you want to call it but we live in that kind of world where that happens, you know, mm-hmm. that that happens. Yeah. So, well, I was wondering about road rage today because this happens almost every day that I get like cut off when I'm turning to take um, Kingston to school in the morning. And this morning, My parents are ruthless. Man. Yeah, <laughs> dude, they are. Really kind of like my kid is not going to be late. <laughs> we had ten. Yours minutes. could be late, not mine. <laughs> it's weird, but like this lady, she kind of like. It was it was obvious that it was my turn. I, it was like, you know, it's one of those where it's every other car is supposed to go, and it was obviously my turn. You had it right away. Yeah, and so, like, I went, and she just totally, like, sped up speeding in a school zone to get in front of me and, like, cut me off, like, on purpose. It was, like, deliberate. She was trying to cut me Rude. off. Rude. And then she made, she made this face, yeah. like... Like, you know, just like, get out of my way. It's my turn or something like Like, it was obvious. Like, she didn't have tinted windows. I could see her face. And I was like, I waved politely and called her under my breath. But like, (laughs) I was thinking like, what is going on in her life that she just had to be one car in front of me? That she just had to be rude. If we were walking down a sidewalk, what would that have looked like? You know, like... (laughs) Would she have oh shoved gosh. me out of the way? Did she feel so protected in her car? Like, mm. it's interesting. Yeah. So I was, it got me thinking about, like, what people do when they feel safe. It's true, mm. actually. It's like anything where it's like you don't, you don't, there's, you probably, where there's, you don't have to be accountable for your actions. Yeah. Right. You know? Uh, so it's, it's like the, I feel safe and I don't think I'm going to have to be held no accountable for this. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm going to do whatever I want and be selfish. Like, Unless you do something illegal and get caught. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so interesting. True. But, I mean, like, if she had... If she had felt like I was walking on the sidewalk next to her, she wouldn't have acted like that. I don't think. Right. Because she was right. protected by the car. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, yeah. So. It's the way it is. I've been teaching the girls that cutting in line is telling the person that you cut that your time is more valuable than theirs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty. And I have gotten. I mean, I know. Like, I'm. I'm thinking back. I'm like, have I ever done that to someone? Probably. Like, I've probably been a jerk driving. So, like. 
I'm th- it, now that the boys are getting older and I'm going to be teaching them to drive soon, it makes me think. And I've actually told them, like, you know, hold me accountable. If I start to say, like, something mean in the car, like, just tell me, Mommy, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and Kingston has. And it's really like, you know, they call me out on it. And I, I, I appreciate it because I need to be reminded that I'm not all protected and a big old badass in my car. You know, like, I still have to be a human being and treat people with respect. Mm-hmm. And there's an audience with you usually yeah you're setting an example yeah. for the kids yeah i tried doing that to, I, I tried telling that to my mom when i was younger and then she told me to shut up <laughs> <laughs> do you remember yeah, the jesus culture uh, concert alex that we were that there was this group of people that kept growing in front of us oh that's oh the worst and people were like getting really upset yeah we had to stand at in this jesus line. culture yeah yep. at a worship oh, concert and the group in front of us this line that was like an hour long People just kept miraculously saying hi to friends, and mm-hmm. it grew from like five. And it was general admission, no, so was no, like, you yeah. you have to be forceful in that situation. That's funny. Don't mess with my worship band. No, nope. <laughs> it's actually really funny. So my I worship saw, experience, my I worship saw... experience, <laughs> gotta have the experience. What's yeah. wor- what's a worse example than general admission at a Christian concert? <laughs> you know, oh. it's fu- you know it's really <laughs> it's funny that you guys bring that up because uh, just a couple months ago I saw you two with my dad and my mom, um, and we were. We were just there, right? And the same thing was happening, except people were really, 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 really rude. You know, it's just this was one of those things. Like, I, it's no skin. Like, I don't really care about it because I go to a lot of concerts, so it's just like that's kind of the way it is. And at the big, and concerts, you go to those like heathen that, concerts. Yeah, too, exactly. So. Yeah, you know, where people like swing their fists and like intentionally hurt other people. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it, it's just. It's people just go in front of you. It's just like, oh, hey, sorry. You know, it's like either they're drunk or blah, blah, blah. They don't care and they just want to make their way. In reality, that's kind of fine. It's not a big deal. But I will say this. When I saw Metallica, that wasn't a problem. (laughs) And I think that's hilarious. When I saw Metallica... That was actually, I think I met some of the nicest people I've met in a crowd. The nicest there. little metalheads. It was so funny. Like, I was like, I, I was having a harder time at U2, at U2, you know, than Metallica. I was like, this is great. It's hilarious. Gotta love you too. <laughs> I love you. Don't get Pete started on you too. Yeah. <laughs> it won't stop. Yeah, my dad is, yeah. My dad's a U2 fanatic. So, is that ready for, uh, the beef? The beef. I think so. Oh, I'm hungry. I could I use think some beef right now. That covers the uh, news for the week. I think that's the biggest <laughs> stuff good. that's happened for us. Yeah. So uh, this week, we're going to talk about science versus the Bible. Hey. Oh. Is Bill to, Nye going to be here? We need to declare a winner, by the way. No, we need so, a scientist. I'll be the judge. There has to be one winner. <laughs> <laughs> It cannot be two winners. I love Bill Nye. Well, that's what I was wondering. Who represents who? Posted on the (laughs) Facebook page, it says that it's um, science versus the Bible. Is that really? Yeah. Who's the Bible? Who is the Bible? What? What do you mean? Because aren't you guys? Who represents science and who represents the Bible? Are you? Is this? Because it sounds like it's going to be a debate. Oh, do I need? Do we need to set up a mock debate here? No, I don't. I don't know that this is so much of a debate, right? Well, I mean, I think I was. Had in mind to discuss how we reconcile science and the Bible. Yeah. So comparing, not debating. And some of the different points of view well, on each. Well, not necessarily each. comparing yeah. as much as like how do you fit them together. Right. I see. Uh, I see. Okay. So it's not like and, a boxing match. Well, because a, <laughs> it seems like our culture, or at least Christian culture, makes it one or the other. Or even, you know, science culture too. Like, yeah. uh, you have to accept the Bible or oh, yeah, accept choose. either or right. so this discussion might ruffle some feathers just a few you think I don't maybe that's well, what the breeze David, is for. tell me why why is this subject important to you hey I have the questions thank I you I want to know though <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always uh, been um, very scientifically minded um, science was always one of my better subjects and uh, Bill Nye was one of my favorite shows growing up, Still and uh, before Bill, before Bill, I took Bill. physics in high school, I already knew a lot of the concepts that we discussed in physics and learned because of Bill Nye, and I already had you know, like I remember specifically centrifugal force. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. And <laughs> that there's no such thing as centrifugal force. That that's inertia. And centripetal force is the 
force bringing you back towards the center. And I remember my mind being blown by that. And then going to physics in high school and being like, oh, yeah, that's real. So mm -hmm. I've always been uh, one to to be very interested in science and uh, astronomy, not astrology, like I said before. Um, <laughs> definitely not astrology. Uh, but uh, it was always something that uh, was very interesting to me. And also at the same time, growing up in the church and hearing, you know, uh, young earth creationism as the only way that is acceptable. Uh, I always had a lot of problems that I had to kind of either work through or ignore uh, raised from either the science end or from the biblical end and had to leave it alone or uh, figure out how they fit together. Uh, I guess most of the time it's probably leave it alone. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I've been learning a lot recently about how Genesis was actually written versus mm -hmm. how our modern minds have Some chosen to have interpret it. So I was going to put the question out to you guys to see um, how have how have you wrestled with reconciling specifically creation and science that we've learned? Well, the the the, the subject of pure um, young Earth creationism wasn't actually something that um, <clears throat> growing up I had really thought over it was just the argument of faith versus science or faith versus reason whatever you want to call it um i remember i think as young as 12 um i'm 22 now so that's like 10 years ago dang um yeah so old i know um <laughs> i just remember it started with watching videos of debates of of course you know richard dawkins of um who else? Chris Hitchens and just people like that and deba debating people of faith and watching them pretty much demolish who they're speaking to, <laughs> like, to be honest. And, of course, I I grew up, you know, in a Christian household, and I, I grew up with a lot of those values, and then I adopted them as my own when I began to understand them. Um, what I knew was, in my at the, at the time, what I knew in my heart was what I experienced was real, but what it's looking like is that in the rest of the world, there is a serious argument and there's a serious uh, topic of discussion going on uh, between people of faith and people of uh, science or any kind. They would like to call it reason. I right. would I, I would call it. It's just it's just it's literally one ideology with another. Both have their dogmas. So it started with that and then just sort of growing up. It would get more and more and more intense, and then I'd start vehemently debating my <laughs> friends. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen YouTube me do comments. It. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was totally about that. Um, and it's just, I remember uh, getting schooled a few times, and I remember possibly opening a few minds along the way. Um, but I guess it, it was just something that I knew I needed to be able to reconcile with myself because I need. Of course, I was interested in science. Like I, like you said, you were interested in science. Uh, I love science as well. It's just I, I think it's I think my want for this for for the understanding of this topic came more from me wanting to be reconciled with myself, you know, and always not and never be afraid of the truth, never be yeah. afraid of knowledge, never be afraid of whatever it is that comes my way. At the same time, knowing that whatever that is isn't going to shake my faith or isn't going to alter it. You know, it might change the way I look at certain concepts, but it doesn't change um, just just being open-minded about it and not letting and not letting one thing completely shipwreck your faith whether it's a concept of science or a concept of philosophy or something of that nature. So, that's where it comes from. Mm. Something of that nature. Something of that nature. Oh, where do you get that? That's a Pedism. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot of those. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't help it. A lot of those conversations were with my dad. He helped me navigate through throughout a lot of it as well, too. What did we already did? I, we already ask what your background on that was like, not just about being a kid, but like with faith as well. So uh, in the last probably a year or two, it's been uh, really pressed on me that like I should probably come up with you know, some sort of reconciliation for the two of creationism and 
and and science and um, a lot of stuff I've been hearing and listening to recently that's really resonating with me is um, taking the the Genesis story more as a a, a why and um, and reasoning and 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 giving purpose to creation as opposed to a, a literal description of step by step this is how you know it came to be which it is a little bit of that but it's i think it's a lot more to do with um this is why god created everything and and this is how awesome god is yeah. not necessarily these are these individual steps that he took to get there mm-hmm. um to, and and then the science is kind of like the forensics of the you know the aftermath that we have of evidence to kind of go and dig back in and say okay so here's here's a a bigger broader picture of the steps that were taken to get to this point and I kind of related to like um almost like a, a invest murder investigation or something like the the um the forensics will tell you how it happened and will give you specifics on, you know, what object was used and what direction it took. But that doesn't tell you how the person got to that point to to get to mm-hmm. to the murder. It doesn't tell you the history of yeah. uh, that person, the history of the victim. None of that is included in the forensics. The forensics just tells you this is the event that happened and these yeah. this is the aftermath mm-hmm. of it. But that mm-hmm. doesn't give you the reason and the mm. the thought behind it. It's like the difference between I know I'm literally gonna be uh, quoting the guy like almost directly, but it's the difference between building the house and what makes it home. Right. You know? It's right. the Bible is the home story. It's not the it's not the build, and I, I I can literally hear the counter arguments now from from any listeners. I can literally hear it right now. It's like, it, and not everyone's going to agree with that, you know. But I think what we can all agree with is that the Bible is something that requires our complete and undivided attention attention when we read it, mm-hmm. and it's not something that it, there there's a lot to it. You know, right. there's a lot to it. There's this a lot is, of context. Th- there's a lot to it. It's an ancient text as well as our, as well as the book that we use mm-hmm. for well, our lives, you know? Ver- verbal <laughs> tradition of the Israelites that was transcribed. Right, right exactly. So we're talking about how would these ancient Israelites describe mm. how their world came to be before they even had the dis- the science or the knowledge to to really scientifically describe it, they yes. couldn't. They didn't mm-hmm. have, they didn't have the understanding. They didn't have the the, you know, ling- right. language. They they didn't have all that that we have now as far as understanding and, and like Newton's laws, for instance. Right. Were, right. were way after. Well, they weren't even thinking in the in the in that it wasn't, context. It wasn't relevant. It's impossible because right. those mm-hmm. concepts didn't come until centuries. A lot of those concepts didn't come until centuries later. So it's. It, it it comes back, it, and unfortunately, a lot of the church in America and across the world, um, it's easier to be able to look at the Bible through our lens. It's easier to be able to read it that way and in the way that make it, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that we can't get fruit from it from reading it that way. But what it does mean is, like, maybe it's not the only way, right. you know. Now, that, that, that can delve into some dangerous you know, some dangerous mm-hmm. areas, but let's like, let's be clear. It's like, this is something, there's, there's a reason there's a realm of theology. There's a reason that the Bible is as old as it is. And it is still studied, scrutinized today. You know, it's not cause it's, that's from people who don't take it at face value. That's pretty much. Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think I've always thought of it as something that always needs to be like continuously explored. And so, like, even when I was a kid, I don't really feel like I was taught anything that was, like, an absolute. It was almost more like a... um, This is what we think. This is what we think, but maybe there's something... Like, you know, it wasn't wasn't anything like, this is it, and this is the the way that it is. It was more like, you know, like... I don't know, I was raised in a Christian home, but... And um, I I don't... Brendan feels like my parents were... um, what young creationists 
Oh, sort of. I, guess I thought I you were going to say liberal assumed. commies, but okay. I, <laughs> I, I, think I, I, the other I mean, like, no, other. but like being raised in a very conservative Christian household, there was a lot of like TV shows and stuff that I wasn't allowed to watch. And I was definitely allowed to watch Bill Nye the Science Guy and Beacon's right. World and like yeah. right. all those like science They would consider themselves young creationists, even if they don't know what that term is. They believe that. I just well, don't. I don't feel like as conservative as my as conservative as my parents were. And I think still are. I don't feel like they ever like held me back from asking questions and like just right. like wondering and like mm-hmm. imagining what what the Bible is actually talking about isn't so literal. You know, it's more like something that needs to be explored and studied. And always, nobody has the one hundred percent answers. It's always something that you can learn. Yeah, and a challenge to the opposite point of that would be look at the way Jesus talked to his people. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. he wanted them to do exactly that. He wanted them to actually think about what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and those weren't literal stories. They were parables. The exact definition of parable takes away from any kind of literalism. You yeah. know, so right. well, so that's interesting because I was raised the exact opposite. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to a Christian middle school and high school, and we were taught from the very beginning that, you know, it's we took it literally, um, and we were young earth creationists, and you really, any question you asked was met with, no, 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 right. it's all lies, just believe what we're telling you, yep. evolution is a lie. Yep. Um, I In my high school, they had something called the Creation Studies Institute, mm. where basically they taught us, uh. yeah. Ah. <laughs> Everything was literal. Um, I'm trying to think. Carbon dating. We don't believe in carbon dating. It's all fake. It's all fake. Everything's <laughs> fake. Everything's fake. Um, but as as I got older, I went to college and I was a biology major. And we started learning more about the science. I love science. And I was like, you know, the this girls kind don't of... Love science. Listen, buddy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. He's going to get smacked Mighty later. Girls, he's trying to get smacked. He is. He's, he's asking for it today. And uh, see, now you threw me off. Girls love science. Yes. You were girls talking do about... love science. I love science. You're talking about, yeah, biology. Yeah, you love science. Your biology. You're talking about how you love science. Major. And even when I started to question uh, whether there's a possibility that maybe God could have used evolution right. or done anything his way, I still kind of felt guilty because it was ingrained in me from yeah. such a young age. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, over the last, I would say, five to ten years, I really started to realize how much I was putting God in a box by limiting Mm -hmm. him to this is the way it's got to be. And my finite mind cannot Mm -hmm. fathom anything else. But God is all powerful and he can create the world. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And yeah, I, and yeah, it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. And Talk to about being thrown in the lion's den because bio, a biology major, you can't you can't study biology without evolution. Exactly, you exactly. Can't. It was all it was all you know, evolution. That's what it's about. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> that's so funny. Wow, so, that's my story. Yeah, I remember my uh, my world religion class and my psychology class my freshman year of, of college were like the most faith shaking classes I've ever taken. Just because it was like coming straight out of high school, being in church, <laughs> oh, good, being in church my whole life, and then coming to a secular school, which you know is still a good thing, but whatever. So it was like I had never really been challenged on that level with my faith, and like how do I, how do I explain when my religious studies teacher says, you know. All religions talk about, you know, blood as being like the sacred stuff of life. And um, everybody likes to build on top of certain holy places because that's where, you know, holiness lives. And I was like, there's a lot missing to this. Like, I I, just knowing, like, having my Christian background and and like, well, there are what people consider holy sites for whatever reason. But they're, I think, in in Judeo-Christian thing, it's more like memorial kind of stuff and reminders of where God was faithful, not necessarily like go here and you will experience God. Right. Granted that we drift into that uh, from time to time. But anyway, so yeah, sorry, you were saying about biology. 
college. Oh, that was it. Yeah. That was college. College. That happens to a lot of people. You know, that that's a very common thing uh, for people to grow up into the church and then they go to a college where they learn in their biology cor- in the courses or any science course. It's just like almost it, it, depending on their background, it's like, wait, I was told this. You know, yeah. I heard that in high school, you know, like when we would talk about evolution and I'd hear comments and from, uh, you know, just different classmates, you know on both sides of the coin, you know, my experience was a little different, actually. Uh, My faith was shaken at college, but it was at a Christian college. (laughs) (laughs) And we could talk about it another time, but that's more of like, wow, a lot of these people are actually like this, you know, that I don't mean to offend anyone, but that's kind of what happened to me. (laughs) I think it's interesting, though, like what what if we so how like kind of destructive is it? Because a lot of people go to college, like you said, and their faith is shaken, and then it kind of destroys their faith yep. because they were raised thinking one way, and then, and then you know whatever they they learn other things or their 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 eyes are open to other other things, other options or whatever else might be out there because they're out of their bubble finally, right. and then it just rocks their faith to the point where they lose it completely. Um, so like, whose fault is that really? I mean, I mean how. How helpful is it for us as Christians in the church if we do that by, like, raising our kids to be, like, very, it's only this way. It's almost Don't ask questions. It's this way because that's what the Bible says, and that's what we've always said, and that's what our parents have said, so period. And I'm not saying everybody's like that, but obviously, you know, there's a lot like that. I mean, even without explicitly saying, not just saying, yeah, Yeah, because I grew up in a home that was, it was not like that because my parents didn't say those words. But it was very like, yep, this is what we believe, right. and there's no reason to really ask a question because it's it's there in the Bible. It's just plain. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My question for everybody that talks about it, even when I agree with them, is, but how do you know? Were you there? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's true. It's, like, it's all speculation, but it's good speculation, and it's good to like, you know, wonder and talk about it and but explore. But we were just like humble enough to say, we're okay with there being different options or we're okay with like opening our mind to like what Janelle was saying earlier, like looking at the Bible, something that should be explored. And if something we hear, um, kind of conflicts with what something we've always known and we're having this inner struggle, like that's actually okay. And if, you know, I think people that would, you know, people who end up going to college, like their faith wouldn't be as shaken because you're taught, it's okay. Like it's actually good for your I, faith to be shaken. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say I get excited for people when they tell me like, "Well, I went through this experience and now my faith is shaken." I'm like, "Excellent! Now you can get started." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people don't have that perspective because it's very black and white. And it's very right. like if you're raised in a culture, in a home, or in a um, whatever. It's not even Christianity. I mean, a lot of religious traditions are kind yeah. are like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking like that's not like we're talking like second generation, third generation Christians here who grow, who grew, who grew up in a lot of these ideologies, and unfortunately, the solid foundation in the faith and isn't always there. Um, and that's not a knock; it's just a lot that has a lot that has to do with a lot of things, you know. Um, but that's it, it's like when you go somewhere and your your way of thinking is just completely challenged, right? And it, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming, you know. I've heard so many stories of. Um, <clears throat> people growing up in the church, going to college, uh, getting their degrees in science and being like, I, there's no room for God in my, mm. in, in my ideology anymore, you know? And it, and it stinks because, and you guys know, and you guys are probably going to, you know, <laughs> my dad calls that brickology, you know, yeah. he calls it, it's like, if you take, if you take a brick out, right. The, if you take a brick out of a wall, right. <clears throat> it can destroy, like it, like it, it can just shatter everything. It, it like shatters all your ideas, everything that you came to know. When it's like the world isn't like that. Not just faith isn't like that. The world isn't like that. So you have to recognize that once you learn new things and at face value, sometimes it may contradict certain aspects, right? But the, you have to be able to have an open mind. And you have to be strong enough in, in, in your faith enough to be able to hear that and take from that, you know, what it is you find valuable. Like you know, so. maturity, I think, it, a huge step in maturity is extracting truth from an untrusted source. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
learning also to uh, push back lies from a trusted source. Yeah. Mm. Right? Because it's easy for it's us hard. to, to <laughs> yeah. you know, take everything at we're at face value when it comes from you know your pastor if the pastor says it that must be true right right but that's not always true and it might be the pastor thinks it's true and leads you to believe it's true but that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's true and on the other hand you know uh, an atheist scientist might come up with an idea that is found to be true and that we can't throw it out because they're an atheist scientist right exactly we have to evaluate it and say well it looks like this weighs up and it holds its weight and it looks like it's true. So, you know, cons- regardless of where the truth comes from, you have to be able to sift through it and and accept it or reject it. That's a very hard thing to do yeah. to be able to do that, you know. That's that is that's that's really I never heard it that way. That's actually really well, cool. it takes it takes work and thought. It's a lot easier just to listen and yeah. Just yeah. get all of your yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll believe that, and then I'll believe this, and I don't have to study anything now. I don't have to look it up speaking myself of, for research. Speaking of truths that we accept from trusted sources, um, what truth or lies have you heard about climate change from an accepted or a trusted source? Ooh, Ooh climate Topic change. number two. That's rough. Hmm. I was reading this website today, and it was really strange. I got to go back and find it because it was kind of like um, it was talking about the United States being, like, um, really good at, um, like, lowering our um, emissions and greenhouse gases. And, like, we're, like, the leading country to, like, to be doing – we're doing so well – to take care of the planet. And I was like, the, I mean, like everything that they were saying, the way that it was written, it was like really, really positive, like mm-hmm. so positive. And I was like, this just doesn't sound, like everything that I'm reading, it's like, oh, that's great. But it's like, this who is not true. And I couldn't find it. Like, I, And then I got sidetracked doing something for the kids and I didn't go back and figure it out. But I'm going to have to like <laughs> figure out who was writing that. Yeah, I don't. From a trusted source, you asked <laughs> Right. Well, because in in my case, um, I'd always heard that, uh, you know, chlorofluorocarbons are too heavy to rise up to the atmosphere. So there's no way that they're destroying the ozone layer. Right. Uh, But we know that science is there, that that's true. Um, and, And humans, you know, have little to no effect on the environment that, you know, when bigger and bigger hurricanes come it's not because the humans have an effect on the environment and they're warming the water it's because god is punishing people there's that yeah there's that school of thought as well and (laughs) that's unfortunate so a that's (laughs) that's a little bit of mysticism yeah um and for those of you who don't know what mysticism is it's basically like the cause and effect that i've angered god and so god is punishing me right which i'm pretty sure god said he's not going to punish the world anymore with mm-hmm. natural disasters that's just not how god works with his people to no. begin with and <laughs> you know and right. then then we start pointing fingers right because then oh the mayor in houston is lesbian so all of houston <laughs> deserves to Has be underwater punished. what unbelievable and so i wouldn't say those were trusted sources but were you on a different subject i missed that part no, it's just like these these were arguments, right? Okay. For for like Harvey was a huge storm, mm-hmm. and then uh, Irma was a huge storm that destroyed right. the Keys because you know the Keys are a bunch of heathen partiers, mm-hmm. right? So like, right? It's not it's Jeez, not man. there's nothing in the Bible that I've ever seen that said, you know, God decided to send uh, a storm on to destroy an area with a few unjust people in it or a handful or whatever um, and punish everyone around for it, right? Because the Bible I've read said that the rain falls on the just and the unjust Mm -hmm. and the sun shines on, right? So it's not that, it's not that God can't control the weather and God can't intervene, but I I think it's completely diverting from the, the point that the effect that we're having on our environment by exploiting it instead of, you know, stewarding it, which is two different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were truly stewarding 
uh, the way we were actually told to, from the Bible, we would be taking better care of the environment. We would be mm-hmm. more concerned with what we're putting in the air um, and what we're dumping in the water and all that kind of stuff because, you know, if you want to take the Bible literally that the earth is our dominion, uh, kings that don't take care of their dominion aren't kings for very long Mm -hmm. before the people revolt and lose their stuff. Well, it's interesting because I know the type of people that you're talking about that will say that, like, um, that they don't need to take care of it because this is not my home and things like that. Like, they're also the ones that oppose tattoos because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's kind of like, that doesn't Oops. really, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. They're yeah, kind of contradicting failed. themselves. They're also implying that, I think I'm that they can control God, that we have, <laughs> we have the option to control God. Right, exactly. Well, by good behavior, if we, if we're, if thank we're, you, thank you, Brendan. If we're being good people, then we can tr- control God, you know? That's not how it works. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm well, yeah. Yeah. It's, That is interesting. I never thought about that, the, that, but it's true. We want to take, we don't want to take care of the planet, which is a d- we're dominion over. Yeah. But we'll not tattoo our body. Like, yeah, that does kind of contradict itself. Right. Yeah. It's a good point. Well, it's, yeah, I think your body's more temporary than the Earth. And in the, in the <laughs> to, and, to, and it's important to point out because like what I'm getting is like, man-made climate change is a thing. You know, it is. It, it's back. Oh, people yeah. will argue it. Yeah, I, people will argue it, but it's a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether it's whether it's uh, it's a politicized thing, right? Absolutely. Right. Which is, but it's a thing. Which is the point yeah. I'm actually getting to. Right, is, right. Is how do we get to the point where there's so much science there, but we outright reject it for very petty reasons, right? That's right. human nature. I read, <laughs> you know, I read a Washington Post article about this, and it said only 28 percent of evangelicals believe that humans are responsible for climate change. <sighs> So the remainder, <laughs> that's that's just a tidy I'm percentage. wondering if they're just like, if, if they're even educating themselves on that. And Is it just something they're being told? Or are they probably. just thinking, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You just read that on, you know, Washington Post. It's not that big of a deal. It's the, it's, like, it's but the did lid. they read yeah. anything about it? Did they, did they like educate themselves on like what their actions, like the effects of their actions? Right. I I don't think I don't think they are. I think we're going along. Like you said, it's a very political issue. Mm-hmm. And because the there's the a difference more, political and partisan. Which OK, we'll more partisan. I should right, say, right. I should clarify it's partisan because it's a very left issue because the Democrats have spoken outwardly about this, about climate change and yeah. Al Gore and, and the greenhouse yeah. effect. And what's sad is that because it has become more mm-hmm. of a Democrat issue because they right. bring it up. A lot of the conservative Republicans Are automatically. Back. Exactly. Yeah. The unfortunate thing about the left doing that is not only do they speak out on it, they also take advantage of it. So um, mm-hmm. when you this politicize is an issue like that, when it shouldn't, I mean, anything becomes politicized, and that's that's yeah, just the, that's, that's the that's the that's the right. that's the world we live in right now. But the the way I like to look at it is that you know scientific data, pure unbiased scientific data, facts about the world do not take a political party. It's a fact whether we want exactly. to admit it or not. Right. So when it comes to talking about ways to tackle this, a lot of the time that's where you're you'll hear the conservative voices kind of speak out uh, against it. And then a lot of the time, and this isn't to say that a lot of them don't believe in climate change at all, because I know a lot of them don't. And they, you know, mm-hmm. but a, a lot of the times the way uh, that liberals, uh, at least this is what I've seen, you know, um, they the way they try to do it is they, they try to the way they try to, I guess, tackle the issue is something that would greatly benefit them as a party politics exactly yeah. <laughs> that's the way and that and that and that is where i understand the right mm-hmm. side that's where i understand it's like okay yeah they've kind of they've kind of bastardized it almost mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate mm-hmm. because it's something that affects all of us right. Right. you know it doesn't matter right. what we believe it affects everybody so. and generations to come exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's interesting so how do we as christians how do we make an impact and somehow uh, get the message across to people who maybe don't believe in this? Because for are years you, I didn't. Are so you I, cheating I off my question. Just, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 it's like we're married or you something. Are one. <laughs> 
quit buying well, paper towels for one. Well, <laughs> I think. Oh my gosh. I think. Darn it, Janelle. Buy a hybrid car. <laughs> I think first you have Recycle. to. Recycle. Uh, Compost. <laughs> Yeah, those are Come over to my house, good. I'll teach you some stuff. <laughs> Jill has ways. Wait, did you only do like two of those videos? I did. <laughs> it's really hard because I was the only time People I was able to record them was I didn't have enough time. Quiet, silent time. Every time I tried to record, the baby would walk in. So I'm like, oh, just how hold can on I do on this? Video. Those videos were amazing. He's going to have to be in my videos. He'll just have to be in yeah. more views. Oh, what a tragedy. I know, right? It's not like what a tragedy. Everybody loves Fun looking at my face. He's such a cute. Just talk behind his head. You'll <laughs> probably get more views because, yeah. Yeah, that's how you do it. Just have him say hold something, him up, too. Get yeah. your head behind his and just move his, yeah, his, his chin. That'd be awesome. He can talk about his cloth diapers. I get so many rashes. Okay, so have you guys read about what happens in landfills? Like, do you know? Like, it stinks with the diapers. We make we make mountains in Florida. Decomposing trash and the pollution that it causes is just—it's so gross that it makes me not want to have trash. Do you know what's worse? That's why I'm passionate about every not time I drive, taking the trash. I, yeah, I smell it every we time I drive. We took a field trip there before. Every time I drive down, like, the turnpike, every it's, single time. It's yeah. horrible. It's nasty. It's you know gross. What, you know nasty. Something that most people don't think about, but cows and the, the way that we herd cows together in such a concentration mm-hmm. for the meat and the and oh, milk and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cows are the one of the biggest producers of methane. Yeah. yeah. I heard yeah. that. And That's crazy. have like worse than like the cars, all the cars in America. They produce so much greenhouse gas out of their butts. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty unbelievable. I gotta have my steak. But actually, Don't mess with my <laughs> I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw an article, I didn't read the whole thing, but I said that seaweed Yes. Fed to cows actually I read reduces that. their methane. Really? Uh huh. Significantly then you have reduces. Fishy probably reduces it with steak. humans too. I don't think the steak would. Take However, it's probably more expensive. Is it going to taste like fish? I don't know. I have. I have. Unfortunately, whenever you get solutions like that, people will be like, "Oh, but you know, oh, but you know, it's it's not it's not." You're right. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, probably cost a lot more money to bring in seaweed to the west. Exactly. Right. You're right. 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 Oh, I'm sure they would find a way to F it up and, like, you know, make oh, it yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah, well. We don't eat a lot of red meat. We eat red meat maybe once or twice a month now. Are you serious? Yeah. How do you do that? I love um, red yeah, I meat. I do the same so thing. We don't eat red meat that yeah. often. I like chicken. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, chicken. We, yeah, yeah, we, like we chicken. do eat a lot of chicken. I'm going to get some chicken after this, actually. And, mm, I'm going to get some chicken. So it's not like we're meat-free, but there are ethical ways to buy. So that was my one of my questions was, like, what – we talk a lot about systemic issues, but um, what are some practical ways that anyone can make a difference in their own? I have lives? one. First, I think it starts in your head, and you have to be humble enough to, like we were talking about earlier, open your mind to be wrong, yep. or open your mind to other options, or open your mind to what other people have to say. Don't be so closed off. You mean I'm not always right? And mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what you're right? telling me? So, like, you if you... you yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> if, you, if you approach conflict with anything or anybody with more grace and more humility, then you can actually have a productive conversation about yeah. it rather than approaching it out of anger and out of, like, this is black, this is white, I'm right, you're wrong. If both sides would just try to learn a little bit from each other, because I think each side has something to learn from each other like yep then i i think you have a more productive conversation you don't have to completely agree with each other all the time but just humble yourself enough to listen I just open your ears and listen and then turn off fox news <laughs> and, yeah. or you know, cnn or whatever. Like, or, yeah. know where you're getting your information and NPR. like because we were talking about earlier sources yeah if like like you said whether it's your pastor or the guy on fox news or msnbc or whatever that that's where you're getting all your information then that's a problem too. So totally. diversify. It's, it's oh, really gosh. easy, I think, to also feel like you've put more thought into your decisions mm. and your in your ideas than everybody else has. Right. Yeah. I I um I have a friend who posted recently, and she's probably not going to listen to this podcast ever because she doesn't want to listen to anything that 
is <laughs> opposing views. So nice. like she was she posted she posted something about like everybody just needs to post positive things and don't get into debates on online or with Why? with friends and things like that. And I'm that's like, that's Why? so all Marco does. <laughs> that's all I do. No, I'm just kidding. No, but like I was even thinking when she posted I that, I down. almost commented, but I'm like, she's really not this isn't gonna be well received. So I just didn't comment. But I wanted to say like that is so contrary to Jesus, mm-hmm. for one. And it's also like, how do you learn? Exactly. How yeah. do you learn from yeah, anyone? We learn from each other. And she was even saying, like, in her post that, like, nobody's going to change their mind. So just don't even bother. But only why, per- post though? encouraging um, Christian things and scriptures. And I'm like, those are controversial. You're not friends with anybody who's not a Christian? Like, right. I disagree with her statement. I you know. Gotta... I did too. And I was like, I almost commented. Somebody else didn't go into literally... an argument with her. So I was like, that's so not that, That's the endless the cycle. Moral of the story is just post the controversial Bible verse. <laughs> you yeah. have to get out of your algorithm. And then I curse at everyone earlier. who disagrees with you and just yell at them and be like, no, I'm right. All the time, yeah, forever. That's my new. That's it's, my new. Catch I don't. Phrase. It was that was to me like reading that, especially from somebody who's very like um, Christianese. I guess I don't right. whatever the term mm-hmm. is. She, she doesn't so much act like she's nice, but she doesn't act like Jesus because she doesn't want to like have any conversations with people. You know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of it's. I don't know. It was just very disheartening. Well, that that's my new catchphrase. Get out of your algorithm. I heard someone Ooh. say that earlier. I Sorry. like that. Because wow. all we do, we, we create our algorithms, which all of that, that's all Facebook and social media is. Right. And we create it to be our little bubble. Mm-hmm. So you got to. Yeah. yeah. Facebook will assess, that. assess how you, how, who you listen to and who you like and who you actually sit through the videos for. And right. they'll give you more of that. Right. So, you know, Facebook is. Break it. Break easy. your algorithm. It's easy on Facebook to hear the same voices over and over. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to, like, you. Think about it. Sometimes you're like, I haven't heard from this person in a while on Facebook because you don't interact with them. And Facebook's like, oh, you don't care about them. True. We'll give you uh, yeah, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Uh, it's funny to answer one of the questions that you brought, uh, like a way that we can have an impact. I think the first thing that we could do that all of us could use as a people is, I guess, a place where we can come and talk about that and debate that right with without fear of being shut down without fear of i, I know we have our um, we have our amendment rights that give us that give us freedom of speech but the uh, the unfortunate thing is like truly um back in the day when like there were like old presidential uh, um, elections happening and debates happening they would debate for hours they would debate for like i think i'm not sure how long abraham lincoln's debate was but it was very very long like like it can get up to like 14 hours, 15. Like they would debate until oh somebody gosh. until somebody won, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we could use that. We could use some kind of we it, it, an avenue like that. But intelligent where, and unemotional. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like a demented three-year-old. <laughs> it's just something, it's just a place where what? everybody's voice is equally heard. And I know that's very idealistic, but it, the without inf- attacking character. Yeah, yeah. Without ad hominem, without something that, you know, because th- that's when it starts becoming unproductive. That's when it's like, okay, so now you're starting to attack me as a person and we've completely lost the point of this conversation. Arguments are a good thing. Uh, debates are a good thing. These are healthy things. This is mm-hmm. this. It, it's it's you can't you don't want to shy away from those things, especially in the in, in the Christian. That's uh, to me that's almost like uh, the reminds me of the Bible verse of you know iron sharpening iron because it's mm-hmm. two, it's two people. Now, of course, it depends on the people interacting, but like it, to be able to do that and for both people to take away some uh, to take mm-hmm. away something from that is so valuable. It doesn't mean that you're going to completely change their mind. That's not really that's not always the. I, I feel like some people say that that's the goal. I don't think that should be the goal. I think what I think the goal should be, um, not always compromise, but I think the goal should be like let's have both. Let's to have both to be heard, right? So people because people to want hear. to be heard right? yeah. and to hear and to yeah. truly listen. Unfortunately, we as humans we have a big problem with that. I have a problem with that. You know, like I have to be honest. Like whenever I hear something and it's like. I catch myself being like, okay, let me think of what it is that I'm going to say to that as opposed to really hearing. Active you know, listening. Act, yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. active listening, yeah. right? And that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard for us that to do because difficult. everyone has a voice and everyone, you know, but there we have more in common with with one another than we think. Both mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats both care about this country. They both want to help the country. 
uh, it's just the way they so it's really it's the it's way they approaches. it's just different approaches of how to do it so it's just when if if we can truly hear and some presidents across history have been able to do that you know right and that's awesome it's just nowadays it's just we're in the days of just extreme polarization we have this crazy thing where it's like there's one side and then there's another side there's no room for anything in between and it's I, I can see people are getting tired of it, mm -hmm. you know, people are getting tired of that because there's a lot mm -hmm. of voices in the middle that aren't being heard because of that. Right. But at the same time, I think a lot of people really like that. Yeah, like, absolutely. We like the drama. Mm -hmm. We like the like we need to have that kind of thing. To I need to argue of. with somebody. Yeah, you need yeah. to have an enemy. I was listening yeah, to a podcast yeah. earlier where we were, they were talking about, you know, loving your enemies and stuff. And it's like we we talk about like, I don't know. We actually we need we need our enemies. Yep. We we thrive off of them. I think a lot of times. So, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it is getting exhausting. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's interesting because I think we really a lot of people All right, like so it. Real Gives quick, the other person meaning. We're running out of time here. So, uh, real quick, practical things that people can do with their own time to take care of the environment a little better. Um. Well, like I said before, I think the way that you run your household and you run your life, um, you can be responsible for your own stuff, you know, be responsible for your trash, for your recycling, <laughs> Watch for your videos. They're amazing. Um, conservation and being involved in your community on issues like that, like even politically, like the when, when you're voting, not just voting for mm -hmm. who's president, but like all those other little um, Referendum. Yeah, yeah, they make a difference. Mm -hmm. So yeah, be open. Don't be afraid to look into the issues and what you're voting yeah. for. Like I mean, like I ask myself every once in a while. I'm just like, could I be doing more to like um, take better care of my environment, to take better care of my family that way, you know? And then just making like small changes. Like I've told you guys before with my silly videos and stuff like that with the paper towels and not using love those. paper products as mm. much as possible, minimizing trash, We've cut minimizing down waste, paper, things usage. like that. Well, I think I think a lot of people think it's like a it's overwhelming, so they well, don't do anything at all. Well, because it seems like a drop in a bucket, but right. if a million people did it, that's right. a million drops in the bucket. Yeah, a huge don't difference. worry about the huge bucket. Yeah. Just worry about the drop and you'll be fine. Yeah. So I'm not paid to say this yet. <laughs> but one of my one of my favorite things that I've been able to do is uh, Arcadia Power. Um, that doesn't cost a dime to for them to take half of your bill and buy renewable energy certificates on your behalf, mm -hmm. uh, which basically just puts money back into uh, the renewable energy producers and encourages them to keep producing more uh, to compete with the. Um, Fossil-fueled uh, stuff that's out there that uh, is not doing us any good. Um, <clears throat> now, you could also spend a little bit more, and they'll do 100% of your bill uh, based on a percentage of what you're using. Uh, but it's really cool that they tell you, you know, this is based on your usage this month and the certificates that we bought, this is the impact that you're having right now just this month of how many uh, you saved the equivalent of these many trees and took this many cars off the road, basically. Um, so I'm not paid for that yet, but I have a <laughs> referral link that we'll put in the That's description. Awesome. Um, and if, if people want to sponsor us, then we'll do that too. Where can people find more information about it? So that's ArcadiaPower.com. And again, it's totally free if you want to do just the 50% of your bill. And it literally does nothing other than uh, put money into the renewable sources to encourage that. You want to spell that? A-R-C-A-D-I-A power.com. Nice. And dot, dot org or dot com? Dot com. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they actually, they actually, you can, uh, they have community solar projects Ooh. that you can basically spend like three, put up $300, right? And you have a lease on that panel. And whatever energy that panel produces comes off your bill every month. And it, after about two or three years, it pays for itself. And then it just keeps hmm. producing energy for you and taking it off your bill. Wow. So that's also something they do. Really cool stuff. Doesn't cost a lot. 
makes a huge impact. Does, doesn't cost as much as lining your entire roof with pa panels and trying to do it that way either. So uh, I think it's a great concept, and we'll have a link in the description uh, for more information and stuff like that. Anything else? I was going to say also being aware of what kind of chemicals you use in your house and on your body and things like that, like all the products that you use, because um, for one, they're not good for your for your health, and for two, they're not good for the environment because it washes right back into the um, – wash it right back into the environment when you rinse it down the drain and the way that they're produced is more emissions and the way that they're just all of that is just just it's harmful so be aware of the chemicals you use make your own face wash and toothpaste a i'm just kidding <laughs> make, make your own acid. I, I think my yeah. girlfriend does that i think ellie does that actually <laughs> yeah it's fine. Yeah, it's weird when you have all these jars of you know, we have unknown like products un on your bathroom table. Unmarked <laughs> jars everywhere. I'm sorry. It's a little creepy. Janelle's science project. <laughs> yeah. You have your own apothecary. I do. You would make Bill Nye proud. Yeah. I was thinking maybe we should open it up on Facebook, invite people to ask questions and stuff about stuff we talked about tonight, and maybe we can do a follow-up episode or something if people are interested but because I think it's pretty heavy stuff, and I think it'd be cool to interact it's with cool. people and talk a little more about it. Yeah, yeah. So my yeah I feel like idea. this was just the tip of the yeah. melting yeah, iceberg. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. really. Any, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My original idea wow. was Thanks to have nice. twelve rounds for this uh, fight, per se, oh. and basically call it even uh, when we were done with it. But I ended up. I was like, "There's no way we're gonna have, be able to talk more than like two different topics." No. This, so. yeah. right. No, There's so think, many subtopics yeah. too. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> I think a lot of people probably have questions and they might be a little f afraid even to ask them. And I think making a comfortable place for people mm -hmm. to it's ask a questions, safe place, friends. Yeah, it's just a safe discuss place. and talk about it. Part so two. Part two. We'll definitely continue. So check out the Facebook page. All right. Until next time. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> Adios, amigos. See you later. Oh, yeah. The Undoing Podcast is recorded at the Rude Studio. Special thanks to our engineer, Brian Boyd, and our guest, Marco Yoquiro Taco Bell Para. <laughs>